Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we are who you said we are, and you are who you said you are that there is no shadow of turning in you, and your word does not change. We thank you, Father God, that we can look into your word, and it gives us complete clarity about you and also about us. We don't have to wonder and wander and come up with a conclusion based upon what's happening in our life at the time. But you say things about us, And today you're going to show us in your word things that are true about us. Give us us ears to hear, I ask you, Father. We've made it to church. (laughs) We're in these chairs. I ask you, Father God, that our hearts are open to hear what you have to say to us. And then we thank you that the same Holy Spirit that is here to help us to hear and to understand your word will be with us as we leave and in us as we leave so that we can do your word in Jesus' precious name because doers are blessed. Amen. Say this, I'm a doer of the word. That was a little weak. Let's say it again. I'm a doer of the word. Yeah, amen. Doers are blessed. We're going to pick up on a verse of scripture that Tony brought out last week, and it's Isaiah 10, 27. This is kind of for the subject of the anointing. Now, that is a a term that you will hear in church, the anointing. For this particular subject, this verse is a classic verse of scripture about that subject. So, uh, we want to look at it. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. The yoke will be destroyed. We sang that in the song today. Yoke destroying. Well, it comes from this verse of scripture. Shall be destroyed because of the anointing oil. So we've heard that phrase perhaps. Um, If we've been in a church setting, we've heard that phrase and that terminology, the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Well, we want to look and unpack that a little bit to see what all that means. Um, anointing, that word anointing is a, is a familiar word in the Old Testament, especially uh, anointing oil. And this verse of scripture actually does say anointing oil, and anointing oil was used. But in the, uh, in the New Testament, the word anointing is not uh, used as frequently. It's not used so much. But there are other companion words, words that are synonymous. They're, they mean the same thing. They carry the same, they carry the same message and meaning. And so uh, here are these words that if you see them, uh, you could say these words equal anointing. All right? One would be spirit. Spirit. Spirit and anointing. Tony gave the verse of scripture last week from Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? Anybody know? 
the Holy Spirit. He actually anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit or the oil of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of God, Godhead, and a picture of the Holy Spirit is oil. We can see some reasons why today. Another of, of these anointing words is the word glory. Wherever you see the word glory, you, you could also say anointing because it carries the same, the same uh, value and meaning, life, when it has to do with God's life, the life of God. Whoa, that is anointed. And then another, another anointing word is the word power, the power of God. And so sometimes you'll be in a, a church service and, and they'll say, the power of God is here. Another time they might see the anointing. Uh, they're synonymous. Another word in the New Testament that is used far more than the word anointing, but it carries a, a power connotation is the word grace. Grace is commonly known as God's favor or attitude toward us, but it is greater than that. It is also God's ability. Aren't you thankful that God has ability to change our life? And uh, it doesn't just happen once, but God's grace is in his anointing. Fire is another anointing word. The hand of God, uh, the mantle, all of these different things um, all of these different words can equal or be synonymous with the anointing. Now, when we talk about the anointing or when we hear that um, used oftentimes in Christian vocabulary, uh, it has to do with, uh, with a person. We, we equal and we think of the anointing. That equals, uh, for those of you who may remember, Catherine Kuhlman. Anybody know Catherine Kuhlman? Well, she was mightily used in the power of God, in the life of God, in the glory of God. In other words, the anointing of God where healing is concerned. There are other people that have been mightily, mightily identified by the anointing on their life. And so we th when we think about anointing, we think about certain people. Another way that the anointing is used is that when there is a wonderful um, uh, consciousness of the presence of God, because actually the presence of God, there is no place where the presence of God is not. Psalms 139 says, you, even in hell, <laughs> even if you make your bed in hell, you can't get away from God. Are you thankful that you could never outrun the presence of God? And so God's presence, and God's presence is everywhere, and it's always there, but not all the time are we aware of it, or are we conscious of it, or is it in, like, manifestation. But when it is, often you'll hear these words, the anointing is here. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody will say the anointing, or just identify the fact that there's a consciousness of the presence of God. Whoa, there's anointing here today. And um, so we can, we can think about the anointing in that way and identify it with a, a, a location, but today we want to broaden that. 
We want that to be bigger. We want to bring our, the way that we think about the anointing to match what the Bible says about it. And so uh, Isaiah, we're going to go back to Isaiah 10 and 27. Tony gave these verses of Scripture last week. We're going to look at them again. It says, And the yoke shall be destroyed by reason of fatness. Hmm. Um, now, why not uh, because of the anointing? Well, Actually, this is a more correct and the more common translation of uh, this, the Hebrew language in this verse of Scripture. And we can see it in all these other translations, which we want to keep looking. Uh, the next one, ESV says this, And his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because of the fat. All right? And your imaginations are starting to build. Isaiah 10, 27, the yoke will be taken off because your neck will be too large. And there are some guys that would love to have that big of a neck. And then look at this next one. The yoke will be, the amplified yoke will be destroyed because of the fatness which prevents it from going around your neck. That's an interesting thing. The next one, the yoke will be broken because you've grown so fat. So who wants to line up to have more anointing? <laughs> At least you can have a fat neck. <laughs> is that what this verse of Scripture is saying? That it's all about the, the fatness of our neck? Well, obviously Obviously not. And Tony was going into the story where the, the, the context of these verses are that uh, Assyria had impoverished and had oppressed Israel until they were, uh, or Judah, until they had, were emaciated. And so, um, spiritually speaking, however, the, the oppression of the enemy will oppress and oppress and diminish people and break people down and break people down until they're emaciated, where they may look just like regular people on the outside. They, they may, you know, just be the same height and normal size, but on the inside, they're scrawny. So that life, if Anything happens in life that just bumps them. They, they fall over. They, they don't have any, any stalwartness about them. A little bit of a fence blows on them, and they, they, they're out for the count. A, 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 bit of, a bit of opposition, and they just crumble. All right, that's a yoke. What this verse of Scripture is saying, in the context, it says that the, what, the, what God would do, there would be such growth and development from the inside. Say inside. From the inside that you, they would literally break out of their restraint, break out of bondage. We think about anointing a lot of times, and even the way that uh, we, we love it and we minister it this way, P people think about uh, going to a location to where the anointing is or going to a person that is anointed and um, maybe having hands laid on them, and the anointing that is ministered or is in that place will break the yoke. That is true. That is absolutely true. 
But this verse of Scripture is giving a, a, a bit wider way for us to appreciate the anointing because the anointing is not always uh, to be ministered or is not always ministered externally to you to break off the, the, the yoke. This is talking about the anointing that grows from the inside and busts you out. I was going to um, have you look at a clip today of uh, the Hulk. And anybody see the Hulk recently? No one. No one admits it anyway. <laughs> okay, Andy did. But anyway, so yeah, so I was, I was looking at that. And, that, and yeah, so it, there's a bunch of those little clips that show him transform into a, a geeky guy, actually. He's not even buff. He's, he's just a, a geeky guy. And then suddenly, you know, he starts turning green. And um, the reason I didn't put the clip in is he just looks so mean and mad and awful and green. But, but what I did like about it is how he busted out of his clothes. And they showed that they did it, they kind of did it in slow motion, you know, and he busted out of his t-shirt. My favorite was how that he busted out of his shoes. Coolest of all. Busted out. That's what this verse of scripture is saying. The anointing and the, the development from the inside will cause you to bust out of restraints on your way that you think, things that bind us, things that say you can't do it, you're not enough, and something from the inside. Thank God for anointing that can be ministered to you from the outside and brought to you from somebody else. But there is an anointing on the inside, and that's what we are honing in on today, is you have an anointing on the inside. I'd like for you just, because uh, we're going to hammer on it, I'd like you just to lay hands on yourself <laughs> and say this, say, I have an anointing. Now, we know, you know, a couple weeks ago, Billy Graham passed away, and I, I watched him on YouTube quite a few sermons, and I just so appreciate the anointing on his life. And, um, and so we can think, whoa, this person is anointed or that person is anointed. But God, from his word, and we sang it, I am who he says I am. So we let the word define about us. What God says about us is that we have an anointing. We're going to look at that. Say it again, I have an anointing. So what happens then, this anointing is in us, which makes it so, um, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, what they had to do, the anointing was only, um, it was centralized, it was in, in a location. So uh, the people had to go to Jerusalem, for instance, or they they had to go uh, before before the the temple was made in Jerusalem, when it was a tabernacle and going around here and there, uh, they would have to go to wherever the Ark of the Covenant was, and the the strength or the the strongest place where the anointing was um, was not even just in the temple. It was not even in the, in the holy place. It was in the holy of holies in that Ark of the Covenant, in that box. In other words, they did put the glory of God in a box. But, 
and on that box. But when Jesus died, uh, the veil of the temple was torn, and the glory of God is not just in a box anymore. And it's not just in a location anymore. The intent of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ was to get the anointing, the glory, the power on the inside of individual believers. So today, if Jesus is your Lord and you're a believer in Jesus, you have an anointing. You have an anointing. We could say it this way. Uh, the, the anointing has been decentralized. In other words, it does not just show up in church. We expect the glory of God. We sang that song, God of miracles, King of majesty, we expect your glory. But a lot of times when people are singing that, they're thinking in their mind, in the next hour and a half, you're gonna, we're going to see your glory. You're on the clock, and if you don't show up in an hour and a half, mm, it's going to be another week until we do. You know what I mean? Because we're only seeing the glory in these walls. Do you know what? That's not New Testament truth. New Testament truth is the anointing is in you. So you know where you can expect the glory? Wherever you are. Yes, we expect the glory when we come together in church. Of course we do. You get these many believers together, of course we expect his glory. Signs and wonders. But I thank God for ministries that are dedicated right now with a megaphone, a God-given megaphone to help people know that the glory of God has been decentralized. It is not on house arrest in a church. It is in individual believers wherever they are. Amen. Amen? So God is not just in the church. He is in the church. And wherever you are in your city, wherever you are, you know, work home, you can expect the glory of God. This last, uh, this last week, um, actually yesterday, was the first time our GO team has gotten back at it again. And, um, and they went out for an hour and got to minister to 30 people. And 12 of those 30 people prayed a prayer to ask Jesus to come into their heart. Isn't that wonderful? Wait a second. Is that wonderful? <laughs> yeah, that's really, 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 really wonderful. Okay, and there were three people prayed for healing. Two people got filled with the Holy Ghost. That was not. That was so not in a church. That was on the street. And two of those people that got saved uh, were, were like, uh, they, were they gang people themselves? Yeah, they were, they were all really, really messed up. I don't know what that is. See if the person that's sitting beside you looks like one of those kind of people. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway, one of the guys that went out on, in the GO team, he used to be in gangs. He himself used to be in gangs, and God made this divine appointment and connection. So he got to talk to these two guys. It wasn't in the, in the church. It was on, the, on a sidewalk, and he got to tell them how God delivered him from that world of violence, and, and they got born again, praise the Lord. 
So, and it doesn't make any difference about age. One of our youth led one, uh, another one of his friends to the Lord. I'm telling you, wonderful, wonderful things happen. Um, Lahima, who was just up here telling us about the book table, um, she got to, she got, uh, it was a dear friend or a relative. Which one was it? A relative. And she got to talk to them and lead them to the Lord. Get this right before they went and stepped over into eternity. That's huge. That is signs and wonders. That is, that is miraculous and wonderful. And it's happening all the time. So when we're talking about uh, the anointing, then we're talking about oil in the Old Testament. And um, if you can put up that one picture, we have here just, a, you know, an artist picture of Samuel uh, at, the time, at the time that he anointed David to be king. Now, anointing in the Old Testament was used to consecrate. That's another church word. Consecrate, what does it mean? It just means to separate from just natural use to special use, God's use. So David had just been one of the guys, one of the, one of the brothers, and um, he just did work, work like uh, that Jesse, his father, wanted him to do, just like all the rest of them. But on that day that Samuel went, God told Samuel in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, he said, fill your horn with oil. See that, see that, that he's pouring that oil out of? It is a ram's horn. And um, it's stopped up on one side, so it makes it to be a container. And he said, fill it with oil and go, and I'll show you who you're to pour it on. Well, when he poured it on David, it changed everything. Because that oil on him, what everybody saw was just oil coming on him. What happened was this holy oil went on, on him and it separated him to a divine purpose that God had for him. The anointing did that. He went ahead and kept being a shepherd. He kept on being, you know, and helping his dad running errands and all that kind of a thing. But he was never the same again. He had a divine, from that time the oil came on him, he had a divine interaction with God. God worked with him, talked with him, and he talked with God. And it, it marked, it branded his destiny. That's why we dedicate babies. That's why, that's why we believe in laying hands on people. That's why we believe in laying hands on, on, on children because... Because the anointing, even though they may uh, wipe that off, the anointing is on their life for God's purposes. So, there was in the Old Testament then vessels that dispensed the anointing. In this case, uh, it's this horn. And the horn... Uh, isn't, isn't special, wasn't what is so special. What was special was the oil in the horn. But there has to be a vessel that 
brings the oil to the place that God wants it delivered to. Another, uh, another vessel is in the Old Testament, and I'll, I'll just read this from Zechariah, the fourth chapter. This is another familiar verse of Scripture. When we get to it, it'll, uh, you'll remember it. Zechariah was one of the prophets that saw things. Some prophets heard words and wrote them down. Zechariah saw visions. And so he saw this. Zechariah in 4, 4 and verse 1 said, The angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who wakened out of his sleep. Verse 2, he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I am looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and on the lampstand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Let's just get a picture of this. Uh, this isn't the kind of lampstand you put on your table, all right? This is massive, solid gold lampstand. On top of the lampstand then was a big bowl. Uh, and inside that bowl, or on top of that bowl then, there was like a, a menorah. You know what I mean, a menorah? A, a Jewish menorah, a lamp that has um, these different candles on it, all right? So that was seven lamps on there. And then there were seven pipes to those seven lamps, always feeding them the oil, because in the Old Testament, they were not electric lamps. These burned on oil, all right? So then in verse 3, it says, Two olive trees are by it, one at the right hand of the bowl, the other on the left. And so what was basically what was happening are these uh, olive trees perpetually fed this bowl of oil that fed these pipes that went up to the lamps so that there was a continuous and perpetual fire. A continual fire. Now, keep going. It said, and so I answered and said to the angel who talked to me with me saying, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Zechariah 4 and 6 says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. That was the man who was building the temple at that time. But here's our phrase. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Anybody heard that verse of Scripture? That's a very common verse of Scripture that has to do with the power of God, the anointing of God. But it is in relationship to this vision that he saw. What does it mean? Well, it can mean many different things, but this is what we want to just bring out on it. That he said, it is not by might that you're going to be able to, to stay burning and bright it's not by your own ability. It's not by your own ideas. You're going to run out of good ideas. You're going to run out of your own strength. You're going to run out of your own courage. You're going to run out of your own resolve. But if you are hooked up to this wonderful supply of the Holy Spirit that comes in through your heart, 
you can stay on fire every day of your life. You know, sometimes we go to a great meeting, a conference, and woo, just come out burning. Oh, just on fire for God. You know why? We got lit by somebody else's anointing. We got somebody else's, you know, uh, oil coming up. Or we got reminded, I have oil. (laughs) I have oil. And there can be this wonderful, wonderful Christian fire that burns, but it doesn't burn just with what's in your brain. Not that fire. That burn, that fire doesn't burn just with your own energy and your own resolve and willpower. That fire is a fire of the Holy Spirit. You know, when Tony and I first moved here, um, when Tony and I first moved here, I don't remember how many months, I was invited to speak at a conference, and um, I have never forgotten this. Um, uh, in the afternoon while I was preparing to speak, I, uh, I had, I don't know if it was just like Zechariah at that degree, but I, I had a vision. And uh, it marked me, and I still think about it. Often I think about it. I saw, because we were just new to this country, I saw the outline of Australia. And I saw that it began to burn on the edges, kind of like Bonanza, only backwards, you know? That, that branding thing, it, it was backwards. It started burning on the outside, and then it came to the inside until the whole island was on fire. The whole place was on fire. And then it shifted, and I saw young men from this country that got on fire, and it, it burned up everything vile in them. It burned up anything contaminated in them. It burned and burned, it, it only it didn't burn them up, but they became like clear, they were translucent and they glowed. I'll never forget it. And every time I see a young man, I'm thinking, are you one of those young men? Are you one of those young men? Are you one of those young men that's going to burn? And then it shifted again. There were like three different parts. Those young men became like the ball or like a flaming part of an arrow that God took and shot all over the world and wherever they landed the areas where they landed came on fire that affected me and even while I'm saying it right now that affects me because that is God's will and yeah I'm sure it's his will for other countries as well but I didn't see all other countries I saw Australia I believe Australia is going to be on fire. With what? With just a great minister that comes on, that's on fire? No, with believers that find out that they have an anointing of the Holy One. They have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, and they let that fire keep them on fire day and night, every day of the week. Amen? So, let's go. 
on, we're going to look at three different vessels now in the New Testament. In the Old Testament was that horn of oil to dispense the oil. It was that lamp to dispense the oil into a flame, flames of fire to give light. In the New Testament, it's different. Here's three. The first one, the name, the name. Say the name. The name is a dispenser. Song of Solomon 1 and verse 3 says, His name is an ointment. Isn't that amazing? His name is an ointment. Sometimes, if you don't know the prayer to pray, sometimes I don't know what to say. Say the name. Pray the name. I don't know if I'm putting a prayer together right. Then pray the name. Let's all say that name, Jesus. Let's say it again. Um, Acts 3.16 says about this man that had been crippled all of his life, says that he, it was through the, his name, through his name, through faith in his name that had made that man strong. So when Peter and John said, in the name of Jesus, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, they poured oil on that man through speaking the name of Jesus, and it healed that man's leg. The name healed his legs. Isn't that amazing? There was a story that I told in the first service that uh, my, my brother's very best friend Growing up uh, in the little farm town that we grew up in, um, and he's a, a great pastor today in, in the state of Idaho, and also has missions work in, uh, in different places. He, as a young man, as a young man in his 20s, uh, uh, he, there was a, 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 another man that came to the door. He was home all by himself. A man came to the door that he knew, knocked on the door, invited him in. And uh, my brother's friend uh, went to the kitchen to go get this man something to drink. While he was in the kitchen, this man put some, something in my brother's friend's drink. So they were talking, and pretty soon my brother's friend, his name is Lynn, he, he, started, he started losing, losing it. He couldn't, he couldn't hold himself up. He fell off the couch. And when he did, he, he, he could hardly talk. He said, what did you do? And that man had come there with the express purpose of hurting him, of ruining him. My, my brother's best friend was laying on the, on the floor in the living room. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything. He was completely unable to do anything, except he could just only had enough strength to say one word. <laughs> He's a father of four beautiful girls. They adopted a young man, a little boy, that's grown up into be a mighty man. He's, got, he's a grandfather. This story ends so well. But the reason it ends so well isn't because 
He was so amazing and strong. It's because he knew a name that is above every name. He didn't have any strength except to say the name of Jesus. And when he did, a light exploded in his living room. Just like in the Bible in the Old Testament, and it happened in the New Testament, and it blinded that guy. That guy started screaming, I can't see, I can't see, I can't see, I can't see. And he fumbled his way, found the door, and ran out screaming, I can't see, I can't see. <laughs> the glory of God, the anointing of God, put a blindfolder on that mean man. Why? Because Lynn spoke the name. What's another dispenser of the name? The word is another vessel for the name. When you speak the word, I love that song of Andy's, his light comes rushing in when I speak the word when I speak the word and it causes and it causes me to win what does when I speak the word when he sings when we sing that song I just want to scream it <laughs> why cuz it works not when you think the word when you speak the word I tell you the devil knows that Jesus went into the, into the wilderness, we see in Luke, the fourth chapter. He went into the wilderness after he'd been raised, uh, after he had been baptized. He went into the wilderness full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit. And it says, that, uh, uh, go ahead and go to Luke, the fourth chapter. He returned to Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And you know from Luke, the fourth chapter, what happened in that wilderness. He, he fasted for 40 days and nights. You know, he didn't eat. Mm. And plus that, not a demon, the Satan himself tempted him for 40 days and nights, grueling temptation on him for 40 days and nights, and look at, it says in verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. <laughs> Notice, at the end of this 40 days of fasting, being tempted by the devil for 40 days and nights, it doesn't say that he came out of the wilderness bedraggled. He was absolutely just wrung out. Somebody say, how you doing, Jesus? He goes, oh, pray for me. <laughs> no, it says that he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. How do you do that when you haven't eaten for 40 days and nights and have had perpetual oppression of, the, of Satan on you and you end up coming out of the wilderness in, in the power of the Spirit? Well, let's look and see what he did. He may not have eaten, but he said men will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That word right there is the word rhema, or the spoken word of God. What is God saying in your life? Don't 
think that word. You pick up God's word that God is saying to you and you say it back to God. You say it to your circumstance. You say it to your body. You say it to the enemy himself. And I tell you what, when you speak the word, you get worn down, you get built up in the power of the Spirit. Your circumstance, let me tell you, in the name of Jesus, your circumstance is not going to have the last word. You're going to have the last word if your word is his word. Amen? Okay. Last vessel. The first one was... The name, the second one is the word. The third vessel is you. You're a vessel. First John, the second chapter in verse 20 says, you have an anointing. Say it, say it with me. I have an anointing. Once again, say I have an anointing. Verse 27 says the same thing, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. It doesn't say you get an anointing when you come into the church. You go by the hub. We always go by the hub for everything, you know. You go by the hub, pick up your anointing, and come in here. No! And when you leave church, you have to leave your, your anointing at the hub. No! It says that the anointing abides in you. It stays in you. Say, lay your hands on, your, on yourself again and say, I have an anointing. It lives in me. Well, that's what the Bible says. So it abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it taught you, you will abide in him. You say, well, you have no need that anyone teach you, then what are, you, what are you doing up there teaching? <laughs> Go sit down. <laughs> what does that mean? Why are there teachers when it says you don't need anyone teach? Listen, that's not what it's talking about because God gave teachers. So he's not contradicting himself. He, he designed for there to be ministers. But what is it saying? Those ministers can't walk hand in hand with you through life day in and day out, and say, okay, this is what you're going to do. Do this, do this. Oh, don't do that. That's not a good thing. That's a good thing. Don't think that. Think this. Pastor Tony's not going to do that. No, no minister is going to do that. Why? Because you've got something better than a human person to walk with you and tell you what to do externally. Why? You have an anointing that bides in you, and that anointing walks in you, lives in you, and says, huh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't go there. Go here. I know they're saying this, but it's not true. This is the choice you need to make. That looks really good that way, but it's not, it's not right. This is what's right. The Holy Spirit won't lie to you. The Holy Spirit knows what's going on right now in your life better than you know what happened yesterday. He knows what's going to happen. He gives you strength. He gives you comfort. He gives you help. He is your standby. He is everything you need, and he is on the inside. You have an anointing.
just when you don't think you, 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 you can make it, he is on the inside to absolutely put you over. You are not going down. You are going over in the name of Jesus. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. So, Andy, we need to sing that song. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every person that is here today. I thank you for every believer that it is true that there is an anointing in them of the Holy One. I thank you that that anointing is in them, the name. They have the name to be able to dispense the anointing. They have the word to dispense the anointing. They themselves are a dispenser of the anointing. Thank you, Lord, for your power that is that anointing. Uh, Father, I pray if there's anybody here that has never uh, had the wonderful privilege of having Jesus be their Lord, and they're doing life, they're doing life hard, they're doing it on their own. They're doing it the best they can. But, oh, Father, I ask you that you would help them to know today is the day <laughs> that you can help them. And not just from the outside, that you can get on the inside and be a wonderful life and strength. Father, I pray if there's anybody here today also that has had confusion come on them and they've found themselves doing things that they know is not who they are. They're a child of God and they've just gotten off the track. Help them to know they can come back home today in Jesus' name. I also pray, Father God, for anybody that is here today that there is any kind of oppression or, or discouragement or confusion because in the name of Jesus, uh, that's broken today. And they don't have to leave uh, the same way that they came in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.